This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Simon, who is the partner of Rachel, a three-time surrogate who has been on the podcast before. And if you're interested in hearing her full story, then I'll link it in the post. This is a great episode to listen to if you are the partner of a surrogate, but also if you're interested in how to support the partner of a surrogate so that they can feel like the surrogacy is as much part of their journey as it is everyone else's. I'm going to hand over now to Simon. My name is Simon Cundy. I'm from Brisbane in Queensland, Australia. My wife, Rachel, has been a surrogate to three different families and before that has been an egg donor. My role in the whole surrogacy community really has just been as somebody who has been supporting their wife as a surrogate and also you know, helping out with you know, a tiny bit of advice where I can with people who have questions. But generally, everyone's got questions for Rachel. She's <laughs> the main, she's a star. <laughs> She's the star. Well, behind every great star, there sounds like there's always a great partner. Simon, what was it like when Rachel first uh, raised the idea of surrogacy with you? For us, I suppose it was a little bit different. Rachel had already been an egg donor before she was a surrogate. So to become an egg donor, there was a, a lot of counselling and already you know, we had discussions about what that means for families and what it means for your body when you're doing a, an IVF cycle to give away uh, your, your embryo or your eggs, sorry. So we already kind of had a bit of an idea on what it meant to help someone else start a family through Rachel's egg donations she'd done. So when she had uh, mentioned becoming a surrogate, I was already kind of a kind of thought that would be what she would want to do in, in her life. We'd already met a lot of people who had been surrogates through Rachel's connections in the egg donor community. So it wasn't something which was brand new or unfamiliar to me when Rachel said that she was thinking about being a surrogate. So it was, you know, we were a little bit uh, more informed, I suppose, than the general punter when, when uh, she mentioned it. Now, we know from Rachel's story that she had a few different sort of maybe false starts in the beginning. Did you have any um, input into who the intended parents might be when she was looking for people? I never was really too involved in that part of part of it. Um, Rachel was online a lot and was moderating some of the online communities for egg donation and then surrogacy as well. So. Rachel had a better feel for the environment out there and who was who, who was who in the zoo. I wasn't getting too involved in it at that stage. Uh, I trusted Rachel's judgment. You know, she knew that um, she knew who needed help and who she could help. And I, you know, once once she had, I suppose, narrowed it down on on who she thought she could help, then um, she would talk to me. But otherwise, it was just a lot of uh, a lot of um, Rachel doing 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 it because she knew the community a little bit better than I was and we weren't looking to receive a child out of it Rachel was just don donating her own body so I suppose we're on a little bit different side of the fence there. 
One question that my husband has got over the years is what's it like when your wife is pregnant with someone else's baby? So I'm going to ask you that. Um, so can you talk a bit about what are the feelings and thoughts you're going through when you're thinking about your wife being pregnant with a baby that's not yours? Um, I don't think I have asked, been asked that question too often, to be honest. Um, I, to me, it's, it's, you know, I understand what Rachel's doing. We've talked about it. So, I have you know, nothing but really positive feelings towards it all. You know, I'm trying, I know what Rachel is doing and how much um, love and benefit being a surrogate can give to another family. And so there's never really been a, any ill feelings or any anything like that towards when Rachel's wanted to be a surrogate because I've known what the outcome will be for someone else's life. Um, and, yeah. I need to help out washing the dishes more because Rachel's pregnant. That's what I do. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, was it different for you when Rachel was pregnant as a gestational surrogate to her being a traditional surrogate? Not really. Again, since Rachel had already been an egg donor previously, we had already kind of been down that, that path with counsellors and talking to people about what it means for a family to you know, give away genetic material and essentially have a, a, a another child out there but you're not going to raise. So we we I was under you know under understood what it meant as far as the, the traditional and uh, being a traditional surrogate uh, as against uh, holding taking someone else's embryos on board. Um, it, it was all kind of the same really to me. Mm. Um, what were the hardest parts of the journey? Uh, I think the hardest parts are really around the birthing time and when you see your wife become slowly more and more incapacitated because she's heavily pregnant um, because Rachel was also would feel guilty as well that she couldn't help out with the kids as much or what it may be and I didn't want her to feel guilty for that. So that was probably the hardest part. Um, I think... After the, the first um, surrogacy as well that she had done, you know, the, the, the first few days after that when she left the hospital were tough as well. Not that Rachel thought she'd done the wrong thing, but just because she had a lot of different emotions um, around be, just being pregnant or finishing being pregnant and having a child, but then, you know, not having... A child around whereas we'd already had three kids before so she you know I think her just didn't know what to expect at the end of that uh, at the end of that uh, surrogacy. Mm. Now I know that um, her second journey I think it was she carried twins that were delivered premature that must have been quite scary for you and the rest of the family. It was uh, quite scary yes um, Rachel had the twins uh, suddenly at 27 weeks. I was on the way to work on the bus and got told that uh, she was calling an ambulance and I had to come back and then get the bus back from the city, back to her home. And just as I was walking down the street from, or running down the street from getting off the bus, the ambulance left our driveway. So um, that was a little bit scarier. Not that I was particularly worried that Rachel was going to be unwell or you know, die from, from from whatever was happening. But it was more that I, if something had happened to the twins she was carrying, 
I knew how hard that would have been for Rachel to take emotionally. And that was what was really worrying me more than anything else, that the, the twins she was carrying weren't going to survive or that they were going to be um, have some serious medical complications from being born so early. Uh, but at the end, it all worked out well. I wonder then from what you've just said that you become as invested in the intended parents becoming parents as the surrogate does. Do you think that's right? I definitely think that is it. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that's, that's true. Uh, if I think if a surrogate and her partner want it to be successful, they've both got to be on the same page. They've both got to be invested in the journey and you know, want to want it to be successful and do whatever it takes to help someone else have family or start a family. Um, so yeah, if if I wasn't invested, um, I think I you know it would have been a lot more difficult. Uh, while Ra I would have would have been a lot more difficult while Rachel was pregnant. I probably wouldn't have felt as as willing for her to want to be a surrogate and things like that. But I knew what we were getting ourselves into and was looking forward to seeing what Rachel could do with her wonderful body for someone else. That's amazing. Was there any point, any time where you thought that's enough, I don't want to do this anymore? Uh, yes and no. I know after this second surrogacy and she went into hospital with the twins at 27 weeks, yeah, that was, that was quite scary. Um, and I did think, you know, that could be enough. Um, I, didn't necessarily want Rachel to do it again after that because it had ended suddenly and it was, you know, it could have been you know, a very, very worse outcome if, you know, we weren't 15 minutes away from a major uh, birthing hospital. So, you know, it could have, I, I did feel some reservations after the second time. Um, I didn't really want Rachel to do it again, but at the same time, she was still involved very heavily in the, the surrogacy community and I knew that if she was still talking to people and hearing other people's stories, she was she would get the urge to probably want to do it again. Mm. And, um, yeah, she, that, that did happen a, a few years later down the track. Yeah, of course. Um, so we know that the third surrogacy, the, the pregnancy with Hugo, um, everything kind of went AWOL in the last weeks of pregnancy. What was that like for you as the partner of the surrogate? Um, that was obviously tough, um, mainly because I could see how tough it was for Rachel. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I obviously knew it wasn't going to be our child, and, but at the same time, the relationship Rachel had with Marion and David, Hugo's parents, was so tight that you know, everyone was feeling it equally. Um, Rachel... Um, being a midwife, she does deal with this from time to time where you know, pregnancies go wrong at the end and she sees the, the effect that it does have on families and I think that also played on her mind to extent as well that she was you know, going back to work after having a, having a, a pregnancy end the way it did when she had to be a, a midwife at a hospital. It was going to be hard for her as well. Um, so, yeah, I, look, whatever Rachel was feeling is essentially was what I was feeling. Mm. Did you have any reservations about her doing it again? I, not after 
the way that it happened with Hugo with him passing away, I knew that Rachel would do it again regardless. Um, you know, I didn't want her to do it again after she had got pregnant with Hugo, but I knew that, you know, when we saw that he had you know, his genetic condition, that he wasn't going to, to survive very long, I knew that Rachel would, would in time want to do it again for Marion and David. Mm. Um, just because of the relationship that they had. And when you see the difference that it makes to someone else's life that you know, Rachel was willing to put herself through, oh, I'd be an arsehole if I didn't agree to <laughs> wanting to do it again. Um, now, I know you're in Queensland and Marion and David are in South Australia. Do you think that added more difficulty to a surrogacy journey and would it have been easier if they had been local? I think that was uh, one of the the relatively I don't want to say unique, but you know it, it worked well for between us and Marion and David. They were they understood what it meant to have to come to Brisbane from time to time, and they were willing and able and had the means to come up here, um, you know, with very little notice to come to doctors' appointments or hospital appointments or. Um, they were willing to, to move up here for a few months when Hugo was born and then also when Matilda was born just to, to support us and help us out. So, you know, as much as you do need some space from the IPs, I think, you know, if, if both parties know what they're getting into and have thought it through and understand what may be required of them to travel, far, uh, to travel those far distances, well, it, it can work out. Would you have any advice for partners of surrogates who might be feeling a bit nervous about the idea of surrogacy? Um, well, other than just saying go with the flow, uh, that's probably not the best advice, but that's kind of just what I did. You know, if, if you're doing it the right way, um, you're seeing all the right counsellors and you are seeing a lot, you know, you, you have trust in the medical people that you're that you're working with, um, that was kind of my main worry that, you know, that there'd be something that could go wrong medically, but I never felt uh, that, that we weren't able to, to manage anything there. Mm. So, um, yeah, other than go with the flow, I don't really have any other advice. Just do what your wife tells you to do. <laughs> I think that's great advice, actually. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen the highs and lows of it all. It um, it does take a toll on on both parties, and yeah, I think if both the IPs and the surrogate families are all on the same page, I think it you know it'll it'll work together. I mean, Rachel had to have a great relationship with her surrogates first before she even um, thought about bringing me into the loop because that's the the primary primary uh, relationship which needs uh, which needs to flourish and also I suppose um, yeah the other advice I would have is that if you're doing it for a pair of gay parents uh, especially you know two two men they might not understand what it's like to live with a a pregnant wife so just be mindful (laughs) of their emotions (laughs) yeah That's great. Was there any point, any point where you thought, I'm going to say no, I'm going to actually refuse? Um, I had 
kind of, I mean, we had had that conversation before. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not really my body. So I'm not telling Rachel what she can and can't do with her own body, especially when you can see the the benefits that that uh, being a surrogate can provide to, to the right family. So as much as I had said to Rachel, yeah, you know, I don't really want you to do it again, it does eat up a good 18 months, two years of our lives. Um, I'll lose my drinking buddy for a little while. <laughs> um, you know, I, I knew that if Rachel wanted to and saw, saw a couple or if, who really needed some help, you know, I didn't really want to stand in their way. Thank you for listening to the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about surrogacy, you can have a look at my website at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram, and you can listen to more podcasts on the website or on Apple Podcasts.